0: So they had the uh, WWDC recently?
1: Yep. What's What's that stand for? What's that about? WWDC uh, stands for the Worldwide Developer Conference. It happens every year. Of course, a lot has changed. Um, I didn't know if you knew this, but in the uh, last decade or so, uh, Apple had a little thing called the iPhone that came out. <laughs> so before it was just all Mac stuff. But, yeah, in the last 10 years we have the iPhone. And then in the last five years or so, we have the watch and the TV. So you have like your four essentially operating systems that they update this time of year. Mm. And it basically means like new features that users will see, new opportunities for businesses, new tools for programmers and developers to build something new. I think the overall industry kind of gets some guidance about the direction of technology because Apple is definitely one of the bigger movers and shakers when it comes to technology.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that those different platforms, like especially like the iPhone and stuff, had different operating system than like a Mac computer itself. I guess kind of related to what you just said then, how does it affect people that aren't developers? I mean, you're saying they help guide the the conversation
1: in a sense? or? Yeah, I mean, Apple is a big mover and shaker in the technology world, and whatever Apple does, people are going to follow suit. Um, so, I mean, 10 years ago would have been the an iPhone and then everybody came out with their own, uh, their own smartphone essentially. And, uh, Apple's been ahead of the curb on a lot of things and behind the curb on some other things, <laughs> but, uh, it tends to be that the industry will follow Apple in a lot of ways. Hmm. And so WWC is kind of a good indication of that. I think like, for instance, a few years ago, Apple was the one that was ahead of the curb when it comes to the use of other technologies, advanced camera stuff, haptic feedback. So actually like feeling, getting touch feedback Mm -hmm. um, when you do things. And Mm -hmm. um, so they're definitely, they kind of move with the, either move with the industry or they lead the industry in a lot of areas.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I know that it seems like they're kind of uh, almost a lifestyle brand in a way. And I'm sure that they kind of, use that to set the set the direction for a lot of things right
1: yeah exactly
0: um i was trying to look in a little bit about what they announced was was changing with this new operating system so it's well first of all it's mojave right
1: that's the one on the mac yeah it's okay. Mojave. you
0: know when i was kind of reading some of the headlines about the things that people were excited about i was like i don't know it didn't seem that thrilling to me to be honest the the highlights that i saw didn't didn't excite me very much. I mean, like the first thing I talked about was having all these, like a screen time app where it can keep you from being on your phone as much, I guess. And I thought, well, isn't that kind of the opposite of what they want?
1: Yeah. It's, I think this year is kind of an answer to a lot of concerns that people have had over the last year. There's been a lot of press about like smartphone addiction. And we've also seen um, some, there was a, the scandal a few months ago about battery and how they throttle the processor speed. So they make the phone slower. So the batteries last longer. And that was kind of a big scandal. Um, so, and there's been a lot of controversy about the build of their MacBook Pros. There's been some controversy about the bugginess of some of their software. And so I think this year was their opportunity to kind of clean house, mm. fix bugs. And you can kind of see from the onset of the show that their big thing was improving speed. And okay. with all these releases, especially with the iOS 12 release, there was an emphasis on the fact that older devices will actually run faster with this new update. And that was their big push. So a lot of the kind of the mantra of this conference this year was speed, performance, bug fixes. And I think there was one major feature that they announced, but other than that, uh, for the most part, I think a lot of it is just kind of house cleaning Mm. and uh, making sure things are optimized better.
0: So it's not necessarily like the sexiest stuff in the world, but it's like the stuff to kind of
1: Yeah, do I,
0: things better behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, I think that's what this year was all about. Mm-hmm. Um there's a couple of flashy things like uh well the big the big flashy thing I think was the Memoji, which we can talk about later, and Siri shortcuts, which I think is the biggest deal. Most of the, most of the updates both for Mojave and for iOS 12 are centered around performance and bug fixes.
0: Okay. Well, so you mentioned Memoji. I mean, what's what's the point? Like, I guess I, this is the kind of stuff where it's like, do I feel? Am I just really old? Because I'm like, I don't get why. <laughs> why do I care to have some thing that I can send people that has my face on it? I guess I, I don't know.
1: So, Memoji, um, It's basically you can create an animated version of yourself. And it will put that animated face over your face, essentially. So, um, if you're familiar with... Bitmoji? Yeah. So, you're familiar with Bitmoji. I mean, it's be- Yeah, so it's basically it's Bitmoji <laughs> or, a, or a Nintendo Wii, right? Mm-hmm. But instead, it animates the face of the cartoon character matching your your mouth movement. Hmm. So... On the surface level, I think you're right, and I don't mean that to be insulting because I'm the same age as you. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's We're pretty old. Ri- <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I think it's much more attractive to younger folks because you have that like Snapchat crowd who loves the filters and the face filters and all that stuff. Yeah, right. Okay, so that's like the very surface level. What's going on here is it's basically a gimmick for the younger audiences that love mm-hmm. to do that stuff. However, I think what's really going on here is Apple is trying to, is basically demoing the technology behind it, and I think it's kind of genius that Memoji is kind of the way they do that because there's a lot of work involved to get something like that to work. So
0: To have it follow your movements. Right,
1: exactly. Okay. So yeah. we have a couple of technologies going on here that yeah. are getting a good glimpse of that developers are aware of. Uh, the first of which is machine learning which involves things like detecting text, detecting objects, and most of all, detecting uh, facial features. So developers have access to this um, programming API, so they can, uh, they can for instance, uh, if I were to code an app that detected your nose, I could easily do that now with a lot of the advances in machine learning or the Core ML library. Secondly, we have ARKit, which is their augmented reality developer tool that allows folks to create apps that will do um, augmented reality type features uh, augmented reality is the kind of the idea of putting things on top of an image so
0: is that like a Pokemon image. game
1: exactly yeah well Pokemon Go uh, really came out before ARKit but since ARKit's released uh, over a year ago it uh, it's implemented ARKit in the uh, iPhone versions of their app so really like you have to think of memoji as yeah part of getting that tween crowd but also partially being a tech demo to see to show people what you can do with augmented reality and machine learning and all these advanced technologies hmm.
0: so outside of games what would be like a practical application of that
1: uh that's been, that's actually been the real challenge Is like I don't think that the iPhone is the preferred device for augmented reality because of the inconvenience of just having to hold your phone up in front of your face in order to see things. Um, And that's been the real challenge in the last year since they've released ARKit. And I think part of that is really what Apple is doing is they're kind of getting the backend technology set up for whatever future devices mm. that may utilize AR kit in the future. So we're talking things like maybe like glasses or a car display or things like that. That's where I think you're going to really see AR being much more useful. But as far as a phone, I think it's really been a challenge. Um, you've seen like a good group of like Measure apps, right? Mm-hmm. And now, of course, Apple has come out with their own Measure app. And I actually tested it out today. It was, wasn't that good. Yeah. Um, and, like, I don't know. Like, part of the problem is I, I think of reasons, ways I would want an AR augmented reality app. But then part of me is, like, so much of the data that I could use, really use to do that, would, isn't available. And then on top of that, I need to be somebody that can model a 3D surface in order to put that 3D surface into the scene um, that is being shown.
0: Maybe, so, maybe I'm not understanding. I guess I thought when I think of augmented reality, I think of I'm looking through a screen, I'm seeing real life, and then there's crap added on top of it. Is yeah, that not what it is?
1: That's exactly what it is. So how but, is like but, a measuring? How... So, but there's also like 3D detection because you have to like, for instance, with the measure app, you want to detect corners, you want to detect objects. Um, that's where, like, the real power of augmented reality might be. Um, there's a company called WordLens that had an app, for instance, where you could take um, your iPhone or your smartphone and bring it up to something and it'll translate the text and it'll, look, it'll keep the same font and everything. It'll just translate oh. it into English. Yeah. So that's, like, an example. Um, mm. They ended up getting bought out by by Google, and I think it's part of Google Translate now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's, it's more like that. It's being able to... Um, one of the big demos they had was the Lego app that you can um, you can use your iPad and put it up to a, a Lego model and it will do all sorts of animations on that Lego model. Yeah. Um, the part like part of the problem is a lot of these demos end up becoming very like flashy, but not necessarily useful. Yeah. Um, like who wants to hold an iPad for two hours while they're playing a game necessarily. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it seems weird, too. Would, earlier, we were talking about trying to cut down on phone addiction and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then now we're going to say, oh, let's play with Legos through a computer.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that it just becomes much more of a tech demo than it is necessarily, like, a useful thing. It's okay. like, here, look at what Apple can do. In five to ten years, we'll have a device a pair of glasses or something that will really make, make, have this make sense. I I mean, I could see augmented reality being useful for like maps or like knowing what is coming up, getting an idea of just traveling. I feel like that's the biggest use for augmented reality. In all honesty, um, Ikea has an app that I think you can place furniture in your room. Yeah. That'd be useful. So to me, like that's where I think it'd be useful. It's just, Um, Do you
0: think people are ready for, I mean, because there's Google Glass and people like freaked out about that.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of problems with Google Glass. Yeah, I, I think it wasn't ready yet. And the way Apple tends to do stuff is somebody will be the first person to come out with a watch or a pair of glasses, or a smartphone, and it'll be a piece of crap, and then Apple comes out, and they do it right. Mm. And then it becomes a thing. Mm. I mean, you look at the Apple Watch. Like, there was Fitbit, there's uh Pebble, and they're fine watches, and then Apple comes along, and they come out with a watch that's like 10 times more, and it's a big hit, and like... Everybody owns them now. Like, yeah. people either have Fitbits or they have Android Wear or they'll have Apple Watch. But majority of people have Apple Watches now because they just know how to design around the user mm. as opposed to around the technology. Hmm. That's their specialty.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Well, okay. So earlier you mentioned Siri shortcuts. I have no idea what this that is. Can you tell me more about that?
1: Yeah. Siri shortcuts. A lot of developers <laughs> recognize what, what was going on during WC, WWDC when that was previewed. Um, so in about 2016, Apple purchased a company with an app called Workflow. Um, and Workflow is a pretty amazing app that allows you to connect various apps together. So let's say... For instance, I want you to take um, this picture here and change all the color to red. Like, it's basically a programmer's uh, way to, like, script stuff on an iPhone or an iPad. It really opened the door for a lot of power users about the things they can do. Hmm. So people were really saddened. And disappointed when Apple purchased Workflow because when you see these big companies being, buying these small companies, they tend to dwindle and you never hear about them again. Okay. Well, lo and behold, we come uh, across Siri Shortcuts at uh, the keynote, and it's basically Workflow. Uh, but what they've done is a couple of things. One is now a lot of the um, native stuff is added to Siri Shortcuts or Workflow, so now you have more access to the native native apps that are built into uh, Apple's ecosystem. Uh, but on top of that, you can also activate these shortcuts using your voice and you could set certain commands to do things. So now it's not just a matter of being able to do it with a button, but necessarily you could do it with voice. And I think this opens a lot of doors to Siri being a lot more useful than it is now. Uh, it isn't, it isn't quite a, as good at, reading your voice, I think, as the other services that are out there. But this is going to make it a lot more powerful because you can set up commands um, on the device to do various things. So now we have the ability to do that um, using Siri. But we also have some other stuff. It's part of the Apple ecosystem. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for, like, power users to do stuff with Siri shortcuts Hmm. and to – set up more complicated step-by-step systems using their iPhone. So, you know, whether it's parsing a spreadsheet or um, parsing a piece of information online and doing something with it, now we have access to all of that um, with Siri shortcuts.
0: Hmm. Is that something that's on, besides the phone, that would be on?
1: It's on the... the... It's just on the iPhone and the iPad. Oh, okay. Yep. So you have something like Automator on the Mac, which kind of does that. Uh, You could do a lot more advanced stuff on the Mac anyways because it's a full-blown computer, whereas with this, um, this is only restricted to the iPhone. Yeah. The other nice thing is that app developers can add... Well, this stuff was done through the developers at Workflow. Like, they had to add support for other apps, but now other third-party apps can add support for Siri shortcuts. So now it's not necessarily dependent on workflow to to add the features. It's just up to the new apps, add the features to workflow, which is going to open it up. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities for businesses um, with iPhone apps to somehow tap into Siri shortcuts Hmm. in that regard.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I didn't hear or see anything about that. That's cool. And then are there things going on with the App Store itself?
1: Yeah, I think Apple is really trying to push more and more people to use the Mac App Store. The um, App Store on the Mac seems like it's kind of going the route of the iPhone App Store, where it's becoming much more of a magazine type app where you can see today what's new, what apps are new, what apps are hot. Here's an article about how to use this app, Um, as opposed to kind of just a data dump of apps that are Mm. top. Top paid and top free and such. So there, I don't know what other changes, but they announced quite a few apps are moving to the App Store. Big hitters like uh, Microsoft Office and Adobe, um, but also some common apps uh, apps that are common to uh, many of the folks in the Apple ecosystem. So it seems like there might be some more opportunities for. Uh, developers to put their apps back on the mag app store and uh, apple certainly encouraging that and then the other thing is the possibility of something like free trials um so now there's a kind of an ability to do free trials it's not exactly free a free trial necessarily but uh, something close to that almost like a loophole that allow uh, people who post app new apps to um to actually have a period of time where users don't have to pay, so there seems to be some guidance from Apple on that.
0: How do you know? I mean, so from what I saw, I think it was right now it's open to developers, and then there's maybe some kind of um, preview soon at the end of the month here, and then in the fall I think normal people can can get that.
1: I believe the public beta. I think you can sign up for anybody can sign up for that. Yeah, but the develop it's still in developer preview right now.
0: Yeah. Have you had a chance to mess around with it at all?
1: Not really, no. Um, I'm just installing it today. And then they came out with the second beta today as well. So, I think if you're interested in trying it out, I would try it on a different machine or on a separate hard drive, but I definitely wouldn't put it on your main machine. Yeah. And honestly, I wouldn't even install it on your main machine until maybe like a .1 version because usually the .0s have issues. Maybe in this case, since this is a bug fix focused <laughs> one, it might be different. Yeah. But um, yeah.
0: What is it that causes? I mean, do they just, do some things not show up until like a lot of people start using it? Or how, why is it that a lot of these things have these problems where they do have to kind of do a point one and really tidy things up?
1: Yeah, I think that's a lot of it in software testing. Things don't show up until people start using it. Yeah, uh, I mean, with these developer previews that are out now, they like they have a hard deadline to get these out when WWC comes out. Oh, okay. So the release date usually isn't until like September or October for the actual official version.
0: Does it have anything to do with like like computer developer people wouldn't find all these weird ways to break crap, but then when regular users start messing around with it, or, or... yeah,
1: or they have some weird software that's causing an issue or a weird piece of hardware that's causing an issue. That's probably what it is.
0: Okay. Yeah. So when, you know, when this thing seems stable and whatever, I mean, what are the reasons to to update or not? I mean, it sounds like if it's doing a bunch of bug fixes, you'd want to, but is there any reason it could cause problems?
1: Well, I mean, you want to make sure your Mac is compatible. Obviously, it'll tell you when you install it. But if you have a machine older than, like, 2012, probably isn't going to work. Okay. Um, I think... There isn't really any reason to not install it. Obviously, there's always other per- peripherals that you might have installed like a scanner or a printer that might not be compatible, so you might want to check that out beforehand. Yeah. But for the most part, I think it's I would highly suggest installing it once everything gets cleared up, say in November or so. Yeah.
0: What are some of the things you've noticed that are new that they're doing on this?
1: <clears throat> I think they're definitely also doing some like privacy stuff on Mojave. Um, There's enhanced uh, app permissions. So now um, when you have an app that uses the microphone or uses a camera, you have to ask the user permission before you use it. So that's definitely a big part of um, the enhancements in Mojave. They're starting to phase out 32-bit support. So most computers now are 64-bit. They've been that way for at least 10 years. Um, And now... Apps that are built only for 32-bit will not be working probably in the next version. Not Mojave necessarily, but in 1015, whatever they call that, next year. So uh, there's basically a warning every time you run a 32-bit app that says this this app is a bit old or outdated. Um, I talked about the enhanced App Store. So their App Store app on the Mac is a lot more magazine-like. Um, they're deprecating a lot of the graphic stuff for, like, OpenGL and OpenCL. So they're definitely trying to push people to use Apple's graphic library, Metal. And then the big thing that they everybody loved at the show was dark mode. So basically the ability to switch the Mac to be more black as opposed to white, so to speak. Why? I think that there's a developer crowd that prefers that when they type, and you also notice like a lot of video and audio apps are dark, like green on dark, green on black or white on black. Yeah. Um. So I think there's that crowd that likes that. Um. I don't know if it looks good from what I've seen. I'm not crazy about it, but we'll see. Um, I just don't
0: get. It. I mean, I feel like on some of the apps I have, you'll you know, like if I'm deciding whether to update or not, I'll look through the comments to see if people are, you know, moaning about, oh, this broke as soon as they updated it. And there's plenty of them that's like, well, it's fine, but, you know, how long do we need to wait for a dark mode? (laughs) And it's like, why? (sighs) Why do you care? I guess I just...
1: Yeah, I don't... I, I mean, I'm hoping it looks good. Like, if it looks good, I'm open to outside ideas, but I'm not pawning for it. So we'll see how it looks. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that was a big, that was actually one of the biggest applauses from the keynote was dark mode.
0: It's so odd. I just don't get it.
1: Yeah.
0: Anything else that you were like confused or concerned about? or?
1: Um, I'm just happy to see that Apple's focusing on bug fixes and performance.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and also in the pro crowd and like optimization for older devices. I'm glad, like, I'm actually kind of glad that it was a quiet here because I'm, I'm scared of them putting out, like, if we had three or four things that are like memojis, I would be worried that they're spending all their time on new flashy features and not on just house cleaning and fixing yeah. things.
0: Have you felt like they've been needing to do that stuff for a while?
1: Yeah. I don't think either of the releases from last year, High Sierra or iOS 11 have been particularly great. The watch has improved considerably since it's release, So that's been a steady climb up. Okay, It's just been improved upon. There've been some issues in the last year, or two years that um, I think Apple needs to to clean house, and it seems like that's what they're doing with these releases this year.
0: Yeah, I saw one of the things that they were they seemed to be really excited about sharing was this privacy features now, where they they I feel like they're they're trying to be the ones to create the barrier between you as a user using the machine versus whatever you're accessing, I guess.
1: Yeah, one of the big features that they added in Safari, so if you use their native web browser Safari, if you go to a web page that uses any sort of, like, Facebook pixel or any sort of tracking, you have to give it permission to use that info. Yeah. It's kind of good, like, in a way, because the quote, they frankly said during the keynote, it's kind of creepy how websites will know what you've been doing and kind of try to sell you stuff based on your browser history yeah um and so they've added that feature that you have to opt in in order to be able to allow that tracking information to happen so does
0: that mean like currently like i think about there are some sites that you know you go to and I'll say we use cookies if you don't like that you know then i guess our site's not going to work or something. yeah that's a
1: eu thing is this they're they're, they're, like... they're obligated by the european union to do that so if they're a european site they have to do that
0: so with this, it's not necessarily going to prevent you from going to the site? It's just going to prevent them from tracking you?
1: Right, exactly.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, how does that affect, like, we've... I think at our we talked about microconf, and you were talking about Facebook pixels and this kind of stuff. So is that going to, like, hamper?
1: I don't know yet. I don't really think... I, I don't think it changes my philosophy around it, because people may opt in, or people may... There might be websites that will say, well, fine, if you don't opt in, I'm not going to let you do this. Or majority of people don't use Safari. So I don't think it's necessarily going to stop it. It's way too early at this point. It's like pop-up blockers or any of those ad blockers. It's not enough people use them that it's going to affect the overall strategy, I think.
0: Do you think other browsers are going to follow suit?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Or. At the very least, at least with Chrome, you have always had the ability to, um, like, add extensions. There have been Safari extensions that have done that. So we'll see if Google decides to make that a native feature of Chrome. is the ability to disable tracking in that way.
0: Do you think that these companies are still going to just find other ways to do it and be less obvious about it? Or is this really going to, like, actually clamp down on that?
1: I think companies will always find a way. Yeah. I mean, if it's, I think it's just an arms race that will always be going on. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I mean, because all along, I mean, that's what they're trying to do. They want to find information about you, right? And if Well, you're they want to, to find what them, your
1: behavior is so they know whether to sell to you or not. Yeah,
0: yeah. But I mean, it's been going on for years. I guess I, I find <clears throat> it strange that they seem to be addressing this now when... Everybody's been f- talking about that forever. Like, yeah, my friend sent me an email about his wedding, and now I'm getting wedding advertisements in my Gmail. And
1: Right. I mean... I think a are- lot of it is the um, Cambridge Analytics stuff has kind of highlighted that. I think in the last year, not just with Cambridge Analytics, but with a lot of things, I think can't, Facebook has had such bad press that they're kind of easy pickings, so... Uh, Apple's going to take advantage of that. I mean, I'm not opposed to any sort of like ability to block tracking if they have that ability. Grant like as a user, um, so yeah, we'll see.
0: Yeah, is there anything else that you that really struck you or you wanted to mention?
1: Yeah, I think another thing that developers probably would should keep in mind is the idea of bringing UIKit, which is iOS's platform and framework for developing the user interface of iPhone and iPad apps or bringing that over to the Mac. The idea being is you could take your iPad app or your iPhone app and bring it to the Mac. They're not going to do that this year. They're going to do it next year, but they previewed a couple of the apps that use that feature. And I think it's interesting. I'm a little bit worried about where that's going to go but also hopeful that there's a little bit more leeway, some sort of compromise between the natural way to develop a Mac app and the using what's essentially been called Marzipan, which is the idea of taking an iOS app and moving it over to um, the Mac. Because there's a lot of differences between the user interface on a Mac and the user interface on an iPhone. And so I'm hoping that they are able to make that easy for developers to optimize those apps when they do come to the Mac. If that hmm. makes any sense.
0: So you're saying basically something that was created to be used on like an iPhone
1: can be brought onto the Mac
0: and used on a Mac. Yeah. But you're saying that that transition can be problematic.
1: Yeah. I mean, it may not look good quite frankly, or the interface may just be jaunty when you're in a Mac operating system that uses windows and all sorts of paradigms that we're used to on the desktop that we're not used to on the iPhone. Hmm. Yeah. But it could be cool. It could be cool. And I mean, the idea is, is that we bring, we get more newer, fresher apps on the Mac. And that's, I think the hope on Apple's part.
0: Oh, so you're saying people just don't develop much for the Mac. Exactly. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Hmm.
1: Well, they develop, but nowhere near as much as the iPhone. Sure. So.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Well, this has been super interesting.
1: Thank you, Teresa. This is
0: more than I I would have known otherwise about this. So, awesome. See you next time. Yep.